Mo'ed Katan Dafhet the last thing we were discussing was a machloke between Rabbi Meir and, and Rabbi Yossi. If someone thinks he's a mitzora on the holiday, uh, does a Kohen come and see it or not? Uh, according to Rabbi Meir, he would see it but only to be lenient. And according to Rabbi Yossi, the Kohen doesn't show up at all. But bottom line is we see that it all depends on the Kohen Gadol. Rabbi Uda learns it from Ubeyom Heraot Bo, and Rabbi learns it from Vetziva HaKohen. Abaye says there's no di- real practical difference between them. Rabba says the difference between them would be, according to Rabbi Uda, the Kohen is only allowed to stop a Psakalacha for a mitzvah, like uh, the Sheva Barchot of a Hatan or a holiday. According to Rabbi, he's even allowed to stop a Psakalacha, even just to get his own personal items out. Rabbi Uda didn't want to learn from Rabbi's Pasuk Vetziva Kohen because that's talking about Nigai Batim because it's a Hidush that wood and stone become Tameh. And with that, we are starting Hetamud Aleph, second line in, where it says Veribi. So, Veribi, who learned it from Vetziva Kohen from Nigai Batim, why didn't he learn it from Ubeyom Heraot like Rabbi Uda? So, Amar, he would tell you it's trick. You need both Psukim. Well, if you only told me that first Pasuk, which talks about Tzarat Anabari, I would have thought Tafka for a mitzvah, then we'll tell the coin to don't give a psak alacha. But if it's his own personal item, then he could give a psak alacha, don't worry about it. And that's Rabbi Uda. Therefore, Kohen to tell me that even if it's own personal items, we'll wait. If you only told me you could you have to wait for the love tumadigufe because it's not a tuma on his body. But if you have a tzarat on the body, Emma, I would say, listen, it's very hamur, it's actually on his body. That the Kohen should come and see it right away doesn't make a difference when that's why it's that's why I need the pasuk to tell me that even on tzarat that's on the body you could wait for something that's a mitzvah even though it's on its body and once we have that down then vetzivah coin comes to tell me that even if it's a devar harishut so amar more let's go back a second it says ubiyom heraot bo and we learned that yes, Yom Shatarot Ebo. These days that you see Tzarat, yes, Yom Shatarot Ebo. And these days that the Kohen does not see Tzarat. So Mashma. So how do you understand that from the pasuk? Amar Abaye Imken. If that's not the pshat of the pasuk, Lichtov Rahamana Beyom. Just say Beyom without the letter Vav. My Ubayom. What's the extra Vav? Shmot Mina. You learn from here. Yes, Yom Shatarot Ebo. These days that you see, yes, Yom Shatarot Ebo. These days that the Kohen does not see. Rabba Amar Kula Kera Yeterah. No, the entire word Beyom is extra. The imken when he sees it doesn't make a difference when my ubayom what's that extra word not just letter the entire word why is that extra, why is it there these days that you see these days that you don't see so the abaye who learns just from the extra vav he doesn't learn like about uh, that the whole word is extra he learns that that word you need that to, that word to tell me that you only see during the day not at night so where does Rabbah learn it from so he'll tell you he learns it from whatever the Kohen can see and only during the day he can see, he can see at night and then the Gemara goes back okay Abaye Hahu that pasuk lechol ma'ayin akohen. What does he need for? So he says, "Hahu mi ba'ale lemaotes suma bechat ma'inav." That if a kohen is blind in one eye, he is not allowed to see negaim. 
meaning it has to be Ainayakwain, it has to be both eyes 100% working. So the Gemara asks, but Rabba, don't you also need it to, to tell you that a Kohen with only one eye working is no good? So the Gemara says, you're right. Okay, so where do you learn that you can only see it at, during the day and not at night? So uh, the Gemara will explain that. Nafkale, Rabba learns it. It looks like there's a wound in the house, meaning, li velo leori. To me, I could see with my own eye, and I don't need a flashlight, I don't need a candle to, to see it. I could see it right away with my own eyes. So that's how you learn it. You do it, you only see it during the day. Why doesn't he learn it from that pasuk? So he says, if it's from that pasuk, from I would have thought that Davka, if it's a, a tzarat that's not on his actual body, maybe on his clothes, on his uh, on the house, then you have to see it during the day. Well, gufe, but if it's a tumah on the actual body, I would have thought I feel the oronami. Then maybe you could also see it, uh, the light of a candle. Kamash and that's why you need ubayom Otbo, that even a tumah of the body you only see during the day. And you have to say according to Rabbah that once it says lechol kohen that a person blind in one eye cannot see. You need a full seeing, then that means also you can't see at night. Also, it has to be a full seeing. Okay, next Mishnah. A person is allowed to collect his parents' bones on Holomoyed and bring them to burial. It's a big Simhad that his parents could be buried. No, it's a mourning thing, so you, you shouldn't do it. A person shouldn't hire a eulogizer, someone to make the family cry a month or two after the death, meaning they would have some sort of haskara, arayat sort of thing, where you hire people, a guy would make a speech and make everyone cry and give a eulogy. You shouldn't do that even 30 days before the holiday. Now the Gemara goes back to collecting the bones, which according to Rabbi Meir is a simcha or minhu. We have a breita that says, I'm like, If a person collects the bones of his parents, he has to sit mourning for them that day. And at night, he doesn't sit mourning. Even if you didn't collect them, even if they're already collected and they're like in a bag and didn't put in the ground yet, still a person has to sit uh, evil for them. And he's probably sad. And Amar Abaye, So Abaye explains Rabbi Meir differently that we allow a person to collect the bones of his parents and we're not worried he's going to be mourning because the simha of the holiday is on him and that's going to make sure that he's not so sad on the holiday. And the Gemara asks, What does that mean not to wake on his deceased? So, when the eulogizers would go around in Israel uh, eulogizing, they would say, Anyone who's also sad should cry also, meaning get everyone crying. And we don't want people crying on Holomoid, so that's why we're not hiring these people. And we learned in the Mishnah that these things are also asur kodem aregel shloshim yom, even 30 days before the holiday. So, my shana shloshim yom, why 30 days before the holiday you have to stop that? So, Amarav Kana, Amarav Yuda, Amarav, 
Because it was a story where a person collected money, saved up his money to be able to go up to Yerushalayim for the holiday. And the eulogizer came and stood by his door. And his wife took the money and gave it to him so he could eulogize. Because of that, he couldn't go up to Yerushalayim. At that point, Hakim said, the person shouldn't wake on, on his deceased, shouldn't uh, eulogize him 30 days before the holiday. Because at that point, we're saving up money to go up to Yerushalayim for the holiday. And again, all this is if he passed away already more than a month ago. Within that first month, it's all allowed because it's still fresh. A person still feels it. But once a month passed, the pain is less. So that's why we're telling you don't wake it up. Ushmuel Amar. Because the deceased is not forgotten from someone's heart for 30 days. So now a eulogizer comes, he makes everyone cry, even though it's two months after the death. And it's going to still be fresh for 30 days after that eulogy. So if that eulogy is within 30 days of the holiday, then people are going to cry on the holiday. So my benai, what's the difference between what Rav Kahana said the name of Rav? Because the guy's going to give up his money to give it to the eulogizer. And Shmuel, who said the reason it's a sur because it's going to be fresh on the regal. If there's a eulogizer who does it for free, so you're not going to lose it. So therefore, Afghana would be okay with it, but Shmuel would not be okay with it because you're going to end up being sad on the holiday. Now, the next Mishnah, we're not allowed to dig crypts and graves on Hola Moed for someone who is going to pass away, not someone who passed away. Why? Because you're just doing extra work on the holiday. But you're allowed to fix these crypts on Hola Moed. And you're allowed to make a pond for laundry on Holomite because all these things they're not too much work. And they're allowed to make a coffin for a dead person if the dead person is in that uh, courtyard because everyone knows it's meant for him. But you can't do it in a different courtyard because people are going to think they just stop working on Holomite. Rebuda Oser, Rebuda says you're not allowed to make a coffin for someone who is going to die. Unless there's already boards ready, they're cut up already from Ayrav uh, Yom Tov, because it looks like it's extra work. And the Gemara starts, My Kuchin, what's the scripts that we talk about? Umay Kevarot, and what's graves? So Amar Yehuda, Kuchin is Behafira. Uh, crypts are graves that you have to dig in the ground. Ukubarot Bebinyan, and graves that we're talking about is in a building. It's some sort of building above ground where they put the deceased. And Tanya and Amiachi, we have a bright like that. Eluhen Kuchin, Veluhen Kvarot, Kuchin is Bahafira, Kuchin, the crypts are in the ground, Ukvarot, the graves is Bebinyan, some sort of building above ground. Now we learn in the Mishnah, Abal Mehanchinata Kuchin, we're allowed to fix these graves. Ketzad Mehanchin, so how do we fix it? So I'm of Yudah, Sheim Haya Aroch Mekatro, if the grave was a little, is too long, we could shorten it. Bematnitatana. In the Mishnah, we learned that you can allow to make it longer, you're allowed to make it wider to, to fix it the way it's supposed to be. We said you're allowed to make a pond for laundry. It's a hole for water. But the Gemara asks, Didn't we say that they're two separate things, so they're obviously not the same thing? So Amara Bayevit Amara of Kahana. 
They're both ponds except Giha Ubar Giha. One of them is big and one of them is small. So the Nivrechet is the big one. The Bakia is the small one that's next to the Nivrechet. And when the Nivrechet gets filled up, it spills over into the Bakia. Next, we learned Ve'aron Im Hamet Bihatser. You're allowed to make uh, an Aron for a person who's going to pass away as long as he's in that yard. And the Gemara says, Tenina Leha, we have help from Mishnah, the Tan Rabbanan. Osin Kotzorche Hamet. You're allowed to do everything for the deceased on Holomoid. You cut his hair. And you wash his clothing. And you're allowed to make a coffin from boards that have already been cut from Yair of Yom Tov. Because it's too much work on Yom Tov. A person could bring wood, chop it up, fix it, as long as it's in private in his house and no one's watching. And the Rishalmi says all this is when the deceased is not famous, uh, therefore you have to do it inside the house. But uh, Tosfot says that today, I guess, our kehilot are small, and everyone's considered a famous man. So if someone passes away, everyone knows about it, and therefore they could do it. Next, Mishnah, Enos, Inashim, Bamu'ayid, when I'll get married on Holomu'ayid, Lovet, Ulot, Vilalmanot, and not if it's their first time around, and not if they're widows, even though with the widows, not uh, such a big simcha, you don't have Sheva Brachot, Vilomeya Bemin, we don't do Yibum either, all these because Mipnesh is simcha, he lo. Each one of these cases is a simcha, Aval Mahzirhu, Ed Girushato, but if a person got divorced, he's allowed to remarry his divorcee on Holomu'ayid because it's not uh, such a big simcha. Ve'osa isha tachshiteha b'moed. A woman is allowed to do her makeup on Holmoed. Rabbi Yehuda Omer lo tasud She shouldn't put a lime on her skin, even though later it helps her make look nice. Because right now, when it's on her, it makes her disgusting, and that makes her feel bad. Someone who's not a tailor is allowed to sew in a regular way. And the professional tailor, he has to do it in a way which is just temporary, not uh, so strong. They're allowed to interweave the ropes for a bed. And you're allowed to even stretch it strong. You don't have to just do it in a weird way, you could do it regular. So the Gemara starts right away. It said you're not allowed to get married on Holomoid because it's a simcha. simcha lo Okay, it's a simcha. What's the problem? So number one, And some say it was Amar Azar, Amar We don't mix semachot together. You have to be happy the holiday. After the holiday, be happy with something else. The reason we don't get married in Holmoid is because you're dropping the simcha of the regal, you're leaving it aside. You're dealing with the simcha of this new wife. And that actually what Rabbi Baravuna said is really Rav said it. How do we know you now get married on the holiday? You have to be happy with your holiday, not with the wife. Meaning, if it's a simcha that you're going to drop the holiday, that becomes a sur. But if it's a simcha that you're not going to drop the holiday, it's okay. Ula gives the third reason. The person is so busy with the wedding, he's going to forget about the holiday. And the fourth reason is because of stopping. Meaning, 
if everyone knows you can get married on the holiday when everyone's already here, so no one's going to get married throughout the year. Just going to wait till the holiday till the entire family is uh, is in the in the city from all over the place, anyways, and we'll just have another celebration there. No one will get married other times of the year. So if we tell you you can't get married on the holiday, then oh, people will get married earlier. So we have a brayta called asurin All these people that we said they're not going to get married on the holiday. Mutarin they're allowed to get married of the holiday. So they're allowed to get married ten minutes before Yom Tov. So this is a problem with everyone's pshat because at the end of the day you're gonna have a, a wedding party at night, or you're gonna have a shabbat during the week of the of the holiday. So how could they allow someone to get married of the holiday? So the says Lakasha. It's not, a, it's not a contradiction. According to the one who says because it's a simcha and you're mixing smachot, the main simcha of the wedding is the first day, so you got that out of the way of the holiday, so it's okay. Because extra work. The main work of a wedding is the first day and not the rest of the holiday. According to the one who said they're not going to get married the entire year, they're going to wait till Yom Tov. No one's going to make that wedding the day before the holiday because anything can happen and that wedding might not be able to happen on time and you have to wait another seven days. It won't just be able to happen the next night. So people are careful. They'll get married before the holiday. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.